0: Hi, I'm Randy Weddle. I'm your host for Creation Anew. I pastor two churches in Indiana. Community Church of Mooresville, located in Mooresville, Indiana, and I also pastor Mount Pleasant Christian Church, located in the great town of Hall, Indiana. And this podcast is designed to challenge both believers in Jesus Christ and those who don't believe. I want to challenge believers to grow in their faith. And I want to challenge non-believers to take a serious look at the Bible. Are you ready? Let's get started. Well, hello again, everybody. Randy Waddle here with Creation Anew. I'm so glad that you're with me today, and we are going to finish up uh, some questions from the congregation. That's what we're going to talk about today. And we have a question here that, uh, again, is is an excellent question. And the question is basically, what are we going to do in heaven? What are What are people in heaven going to do for eternity? And I want to start off and just give you my opinion on something. And I want you to take it as that my opinion my opinion is that existence in eternity is going to hold some similar traits to that which we experience here in this life um there are two realms okay and there are more than two realms in my in, again in my opinion but the two realms we're talking about is you know, is is life here on earth an eternity and they are very much different and what I'm trying to say though is that the similarities again, in my opinion is going to be that we will be able to do things that we've done here on earth but in heaven it's not going to be affected by sin So I think that that whenever we look out on the beauty of this earth, and we go about our days on this earth, there are going to be some similar things happening in heaven, but life in heaven is not going to be marred by sin. So, I don't want to say that heaven and earth are the exact same things. I'm not trying to say that at all. But I am saying I think there's going to be some similar things that we're going to be doing. For example, we worship here on earth and we will be worshiping in heaven. But our worship in heaven is, is going to be absolutely unadulterated by, by sin. And we see in Revelation 5, 11 through 14, we see where saints are giving worship to God, as is all of creation. We're going to see um, you know, the angels worshiping God. We're going to be seeing other parts of creation worshiping God. We're going to see um, seraphim and cherubim worshiping God, and um, so that's going to be something that we will be doing in heaven. And the reason why I I say that the activities in heaven are going to be free of sin is number one, that's the truth. Number two, um, it's going to make things more alive, vibrant, it's going to make things very different than what we experience here. So, let's say, for example, you know, I said, well, we're going to be worshiping God in heaven. Some of you may say, oh, really? Because you're comparing that to a worship service that we have here on earth. And sometimes worship services in churches are not that good. (laughs) So, they're going to be much different in heaven. But worshiping God is going to be one of the things we're going to be doing now we're told that we're going to get to eat in heaven and let me go over to Isaiah 25 Isaiah 25 verses 6 through 9 I'm going to read that to you Isaiah 25 6 through 9 and we're going to see this because it's the meal is going to be prepared by God himself Isaiah 25 6 through 9 says the Lord of hosts will a prepare a lavish banquet for all the peoples on this mountain, a banquet of aged wine, choice pieces of marrow, and refined aged wine. And on this mountain he will swallow up the covering which is over all peoples, even the veil which is stretched over all nations. He will swallow up death for all time, and the Lord God will wipe Tears away from all faces, and he will remove the reproach of his people from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. And it will be said in that day, Behold, this is our God for whom we have waited, that He might save us. This is the Lord from whom we have waited. Let us rejoice and be glad in His salvation. Now this is clearly talking about a time in the future when We are going to be in the presence of God, and we are going to be eating with Him. There's going to be a banquet in heaven. Now, the scripture also indicates that believers will not eat alone. That gives me the impression that our banquet is going to be quite the celebration. Let me go over to Matthew 8, verse 11, and we'll see what I'm talking about. Matthew 8, Matthew 8, verse 11. Let's go over there. I say to you that many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. So, in eternity, we're going to be eating. And uh, I'm sure our diets will be different. I'm kind of rooting for um, like a Baskin-Robbins uh, in heaven, but I, I don't know if I'll win. <laughs> I don't know if I'll get that or not. If I don't, it'll be fine. But we're going to be worshiping God. We're going to be eating. And there's something about having a meal with other people that can be enjoyable. It's its a time when you can really get to know somebody, and you can talk and enjoy and I think that that's going to be something that's going to happen in heaven as well. I think also one of the things this this may not necessarily relate to um, to what we're going to do in heaven, but I think it's going to be uh, definitely um, it's going to impact our our experience in heaven, and that is we're going to be comforted, we're going to be conscious. And we're going to be able to to communicate with people. And I don't think of these things necessarily as responsibilities, but they are things that we're going to experience. And, And it's going to be the experience in eternity as well. And what I'm trying to say is that believers will have the responsibility of resting in their salvation. One of the things we're going to do in heaven is we're going to rest we're going to be at home i mean have you ever had a long day you come home and you know we all live in homes that have issues and problems and there's always something to fix and we can still rest well in eternity everything is set everything is okay and we're going to be able to rest like we've never be able to like we've never been able to rest before we're going to be aware of the paradise that we're in. And we're also going to enjoy the company of others. We're going to enjoy the company of God. We're going to enjoy the company of people, of angels, which I think is going to be beyond words. I mean, all of this is going to be beyond words. To be able to walk with Christ... To be able to talk and see Him face to face, to be in the absolute presence of God is going to be amazing. To be able to talk with people, you know, I, I look forward to seeing my parents and talking with them. I look forward to, uh, to being around um, family and friends and, and, and to talk with them. We are going to be able to enjoy the creation that's renewed in heaven. We're going to be able to celebrate in eternity as well. Revelation 19, 1 through 9, talks about that. The saints are going to have a lot over which to rejoice. We're going to see the final dece- defeat of Satan and sin and death. We're going to see God's victory over evil. And that's certainly going to fuel the celebration. We're going to be victors in Christ. Now, we already are. We are overcomers. But it's going to, um, we're going to see it we're going to see the end of our salvation. And uh, with that, I think we're going to also understand just exactly the great things that God has done. Now, let me just say something. You can start enjoying eternity right now. Let me tell you how to do that. First of all, if you don't know Jesus Christ if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, meaning you understand that you have broken his law and he has paid the price to to gain forgiveness for you. He was was, um, crucified for your sins. He was buried and he was risen from the dead. And based upon that work, you depend upon what Christ did for you in order to get forgiveness of sins, you can start experiencing eternity right now. Now I'm just gonna tell you, you're not you're not gonna maybe experience any fireworks or see angels or you know, anything like that. But you're gonna start understanding that your your sins are gone. And you're gonna start getting a taste of eternity. So if you haven't done that, do that today if you're a believer as you submit to God's will even here on earth you can start experiencing eternity and that's true Romans 12 verse 1 talks about an act of worship I'm going to go over there and I, I am convinced that We can start worshiping God in an amazing way that gives us a taste of eternity. Listen to this verse. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. In other words, you can start experiencing, as a believer, you can start experiencing eternity now, as you submit to God's will, and as you do what He is telling you to do, you are worshiping God. And that is much better than any kind of other experience that you can have. That doesn't need that doesn't mean that we have to be in a church or that we have to be um, um, you know in a religious setting. We can be worshiping God, no matter what we're doing, as long as it is in submission to Him. As long as it's according to His will. and The reason why I bring that up is because again, this is just my opinion, but I think there are going to be some things that we're going to be doing here on earth that are going to be transferred into eternity. and the things that we do here on earth, and some of the things are are things that we really enjoy doing. We'll be able to do in eternity as well. For example, I know a lot of people really enjoy singing to the Lord. Maybe it's even their occupation to sing and to give glory to God. Well, I think they're going to have that opportunity in eternity. I enjoy teaching God's word. I think I think I'm going to have that opportunity in eternity as well. At least proclaiming God's word. I enjoy doing that. And and that is an act of worship on my part. Well, I think those things will happen up in heaven too. Maybe you've got a, a skill or a trade or a craft or something and you may be doing that in eternity as well. Uh, I know one friend that loves to uh, loves to chop wood. You know, uh, physical activity is very enjoyable for him. Oh, I got a feeling that there's going to be physical activity in heaven too, and that will be an act of worship. We can start right now, experiencing a little bit of eternity, as we submit to God, as we live in obedience to Him. So, we're going to be doing things that that may not be what we think as a worship service, but could certainly be acts of worship. So, we can do that on earth, and we can certainly do it in heaven. So, I'm, I'm just suggesting that in heaven, believers may be doing many things that they can do here on earth, like using gifts and talents as an act of worship to God, that I believe that's going to be something else we're going to be in, in uh, doing in eternity. That, again, that's just my opinion there. Take it for what it's worth. And here's something else. I think that that once we get up into eternity, I think that we are going to be spending a lot of time marveling at the sights in eternity. My wife and I went out to the Grand Canyon. Oh, about four years ago. Never been out there before, and when we got to actually see the canyon for the first time, uh, it took our breaths away. Um, it it was so beautiful and so expansive, and so beyond belief that we just marveled at it. That is something that's here on this corruptible earth. What do you think eternity is going to be like? We see this in Revelation 21, verse 9, all the way to Revelation 22, verse 5. The scriptures describe the believer's eternal home as a wonderful place. And the dimensions of the New Jerusalem are really expansive. I'm going to read something to you here. Revelation 21, verse 16. Revelation 21, verse 16, says this. Let me get down there, guys. The city is laid out as a square, and its length is as great as its width, and the measure of the city is... Excuse me, and he measured the city with the rod 1500 miles. Its length and width and height are equal. So, 1500 miles is what we're told are the dimensions, both with width and height and length. So, the city is like a huge cube that is 1500 miles. In length, 1,500 miles in width, and 1,500 miles in height. Now, there's something very interesting about that. Why is the city measured in its height? I find that very interesting. And it sounds to me the reason why that its, measured in, uh, that its height is measured is we'll be able to experience that height. Now, I'm going to give you some numbers here, and uh, I'm not real good with numbers, so um, just <laughs> you might want to check me. But the Bible tells us that the, the total square miles of the new Jerusalem, the new city, amount to 2,250,000 miles. That's square miles. And I just basically took 1,500 by 1,500 by 1,500. Now, the total square miles of this present Earth, okay, of the whole Earth, amount to 197 million miles. Now that sounds like a lot more, okay? So that includes the whole Earth. And the total land area is just 57 million miles. and that sounds a lot more, Okay, But the interesting thing about the New Jerusalem is that it is measured in three dimensions, like I said, the length, the width, and the height. Why? I, I still think that we're going to be able to utilize the length, the width and the height of that city. And if that's the case, listen to this inhabitable area. So right now, we live in a world that is 57 million square miles of inhabitable space. But the total living area of the New Jerusalem can be measured out at about 3 billion, 375 million square miles. That's the total living area. Let me say that again. The total land area of this present earth is 57 million miles. I want to say this. I don't think I said it right the first time, so let me say it again. The total land area of this present earth is 57 million miles. The total living area, if we if we are thinking of Width, length, and height of our new home is going to be 3,375,000,000 miles of total living area. That is astronomical. 3,375,000,000 miles of living area or, or total... I want to get miles out of there, of total living area. 3,375,000,000 miles of total living area. That's, that's just incredible. So what else are we going to be doing in, in, uh, in heaven? Well, I think we're going to be enjoying the environment. I think it's going to be amazing. Alright guys, well that's about all I have for today, and I hope you've enjoyed these uh, questions, and uh, if you have further questions, you're more than welcome to ask. You can write to me at randy at com, and um, tell others about this podcast, spread the word about this podcast, uh, subscribe, and um, and. Let other people know about this podcast. Pray for me that I stay on track. And I want to thank you very much for listening. And until next time, guys, bye-bye.